The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, Shaleen. My name is Eileen Healy, and I just finished listening to episode 529, your interview with Dr. Lisa Moscone. This topic about Alzheimer's and women's health was incredible, and I really appreciate that you covered such a topic. I'm 56 years old and looking to live my best life for as long as I can, and all of these hints about lifestyle changes were really helpful and also confirmed a lot of the things that I've already been doing to improve my health. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. We really appreciate you. Have a great day. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shalene Show. I hope you're feeling calm. I hope that your anxiety is low. However, we're going to talk about how to lower it. We're going to talk about the difference between anxiety, generalized anxiety, anxiety attacks, and panic attacks. Now, before you tune out this episode and think to yourself, well, that's not me. I am not one of the 30% who can at some point in their lives experience general anxiety. I guarantee there's someone you love who has experienced this. And so for that reason, I hope that you will listen because it will help you to be a better friend, a better parent, a better lover, a better husband or wife. And that matters. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Thank you so much for the reviews. If you ever hear your review read on this podcast or my other podcast, Build Your Tribe, check the show notes because we have a secret message there just for you. I know I've said it before, but those reviews they're awesome for the show, but they just mean so much to me. So thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. Let's talk about anxiety, shall we? This is an important topic because, again, 30% or nearly one in five adults in the United States, more often times than not, it's going to be women, will at some point in their lives experience an anxiety disorder. So what is anxiety? Have you experienced anxiety before? I mean, I, I would think everybody has experienced some degree of anxiety. Let me read you a definition. Anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or fear about an event or situation. It's a normal reaction to stress, and it helps you. It's actually a gift because it allows your body to be very alert in very challenging situations, whether that's work or an important speech or something more serious that could be life-threatening. But anxiety can be very disabling when it begins to interfere with your daily life, where it begins to threaten your ability to just do normal day-to-day things like riding a bus or talking to a coworker or just going out of your house. When it comes to anxiety disorders, there are several different types of anxiety disorders, and we're going to talk about a few of them here today. But the first is kind of a generalized anxiety disorder. People with they call it GAD. People with generalized anxiety disorder tend to worry excessively. This isn't just like a one-time thing or a normal thing 
It is an excessive amount of worry about day-to-day issues like their health and money and work and family and outcomes. And people with this tend to jump in their mind to the worst possible case scenario. Women in particular who have GAD often will feel anxious about just getting through the day. And it can manifest itself in very physical ways like muscle tension, stress-related physical symptoms like hair falling out or nail biting or just any number of things, trouble with sleep, trouble with depression, trouble with your digestive system. Like your digestion is very in tune with your anxiety level. So that's very interesting to know. Then there are panic attacks or panic disorders. Panic disorders are twice as common in women as they are in men. I think that's pretty interesting. And people with a panic disorder often will feel a sudden attack of terror when there is no real or actual danger, if you will. The other two types of anxiety disorders that we won't spend as much time in this particular episode are social phobias. So a social phobia might be, you know, feeling very anxious about social situations, a fear or phobia of leaving your home, a fear or phobia of being watched or judged. Now, I mean, I think we all worry from time to time about being judged. So this is different. This is someone who it's paralyzing. They're so worried about embarrassing themselves that they literally can't live their life and it can spiral into a panic attack. And we'll talk about panic attacks in depth in just a moment. And then I would say one of the other main forms of anxiety disorders that, again, we won't get into too many specifics because there's so many different types are specific phobias. So a specific phobia might have an, be an intense fear that you have around flying or being in closed spaces or fear of water or swimming or, or of dogs, a specific phobia related to a very specific situation, right? So people with these types of phobias often find themselves thinking about or worrying about, I should say, facing that phobia, but only when it's present, right? Like, so you're not thinking about flying until someone says, hey, we should take a girl's trip. Let's all fly to New York. And then suddenly your fear flying phobia can trigger, again, a panic attack or severe anxiety. So they're all kind of related, but for our purposes today, we're going to talk about an anxiety attack and a panic attack, the difference, and what you can do about it. For this topic, I went to my favorite expert, Dr. Michaela. She's a licensed psychotherapist. She is someone who specializes in brain training, EMDR training, and mindset. And she's been a frequent guest of The Shaleen Show. You can learn more about Dr. Michaela and even work with her yourself. You can learn more about that by going to drmichaela.com. It's D-R-M-C-A. Yla.com. All right. So Dr. Michaela is going to explain to us the difference between having general anxiety, which I think most people would say they've had at one point or another about something, the difference between that and what it means to have an anxiety attack. So the difference between generalized anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder and anxiety attack is generalized anxiety is just an ongoing, persistent, excessive, usually unrealistic worry about just everyday things. It's exaggerated worry, and it's always expecting the worst to happen, even when there's no reason for that concern. Whereas an anxiety attack has many of the same symptoms, but it's usually triggered by an actual event. The best way to cope with anxiety attacks or to avoid them altogether is to always put things into perspective. Because for whatever reason, 
a situation that felt threatening became a trigger. So put things into perspective. What's actually happening? What resources do I have? And catastrophize. Walk five steps ahead. Okay, so what's the worst that could happen? And if that happened, could I get through it? Could I manage somehow? Dr. Michaela also happens to be one of the experts you will find in both the 131 Method course as well as the Courageous Confidence Club. So if some of you have done the Courageous Confidence Club, you know that we talk a lot in that program about managing anxiety. And when it comes to an anxiety attack, it's bigger than just generalized anxiety, as Dr. Michaela has described. And it often is triggered, as she said, by you know something specific you're thinking about coming up. And oftentimes, it's accompanied by like a physical feeling of anxiousness, like your heart begins to race, maybe your palms sweat, maybe you feel a little bit of a knot in your stomach, but you don't feel like you're going to die. You just feel really nervous or really worried, anxious. There's the word, anxious, anxiety. And it's quite different from a panic attack. There are some physical symptoms, but they are far less intense than what someone might feel with a panic attack. And with an anxiety attack, most people will say that they almost know what brought it on. They know what they were thinking about that brought on the anxiety attack. Remember, an attack is different from just general anxiety or general worry. It's you're thinking about the fact that you're going on a flight. You're thinking about doing public speaking. Your heart begins to race. You get a knot in your stomach. You're really, really worried. You're feeling very, very anxious, but you don't feel like you're going to die. And it's brought on slowly. You can feel that anxiety building and building and building. And before you know it, boom, there you are in the middle of an anxiety attack. So that should be a clue to you of what you can do to help prevent yourself from slipping into an anxiety attack when you're feeling general anxiety. Well, some specific things I'd like to recommend that you try are to relax. And as Dr. Michaela suggested, Think about the worst possible case scenario. Okay, if I go out on this stage to speak in front of these people, or if I have to speak up in a meeting, and I'm very nervous and anxious about what people will think and what people will say and how people will be staring at me and how they'll be judging me, take it to the worst case scenario. All right, well, what if they think I'm an idiot? What's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. That's it. Then they think I'm an idiot. Like no one dies. I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to lose my job. If anything, I will become stronger because of this. Like think through the worst possible scenario, right? And then also consider what's realistic. Is it realistic for you to have a fear of the flight crashing when you don't have a fear of driving, when you don't have a fear of walking down the street where the probability of you dying is much, much higher? Remember that anxiety attacks often start with generalized anxiety. So the most important thing you can do is be aware that anxiety is building. Next, use all of your senses. Notice the things that you're seeing around you. It's almost like you're doing meditation to focus on everything that's present other than the trigger. So try to notice things that are around you. Notice people who are in the setting. Notice what they're wearing. Notice those things that you can hear, like what sounds are you picking up on? What are you tasting? What do you smell? Do you have something that you can touch? A lot of people will use like a blanket or knitting or one of those stress balls, something that they 
can use to almost distract their brain from the worry. And then it's a great idea to just share with people what it is you're feeling. Ask someone, you know, know what works best for you to take you out of it because sometimes you don't want somebody saying, everything's fine, that's unreasonable, that's irrational, like that, that doesn't necessarily help. Instead, you might want to suggest to people who are around you that instead of focusing on the thing that's causing you anxiety, to remind them to bring up anything other than that thing. Like rather than trying to convince you not to have anxiety about it, to talk about what's going on and like to just tell you a distracting story, to engage you in conversation that allows your mind to think about something else. Because it's pretty easy for someone to slip from an anxiety into an anxiety attack and then spiral into a full-blown panic attack. And lastly, remember that an anxiety attack is temporary. I mean, as is a panic attack, but the quicker you can remind yourself that you have the ability to scale this down or up, like you can turn the temperature up and you have the ability to turn the temperature down, that gives you a sense of confidence because you are in control. So the difference between an anxiety attack and a panic attack are quite a big difference. An anxiety attack, as mentioned, is it's an excessive worry or an exaggerated worry, but it's not a life or death situation. You're going to feel just excessive thoughts, ruminating thoughts about everyday things. Whereas a panic attack, to be diagnosed with a panic attack, you're looking for at least four of the following signs, which could be a choking sensation, chest pain, sweating, trembling, nausea, dizziness, fear of losing your mind, fear of dying, feeling really hot or really cold, and having a racing heart. Liz from Toledo, Ohio, describes her panic attack as follows. I literally feel like I'm going to die. I have actually Googled, can you die from a panic attack? I begin to sweat. I start shaking. I have a shortness of breath and I have chest pains like I'm having a heart attack. I sometimes feel sick like I'm going to throw up. My body will sweat and then I'll get cold. It's literally like I'm having an out-of-body attack and I feel like I'm choking or dying. Sometimes my hands and my feet also go numb and no matter who is there reassuring me that everything's fine and I need not worry about it, I still feel like I'm going to die. I personally have never had a panic attack. It sounds horrible. And I have great empathy for anyone who's had panic attacks. I've been around people who've had panic attacks before. And I mean, my heart just goes out to you. So Dr. Michaela, what can we do when we feel a panic attack coming on? How to get yourself out of a panic attack. And this is really challenging for people because when you're having a panic attack, you're not present. So the idea is to become more present. So first thing you want to do is make sure that you don't close your eyes because you start spinning and you just fall further into it. So keep your eyes open. If you can, keep your eyes fixated on something or someone. And then you can start doing different techniques like counting, doing times tables. So counting back from 100 by threes, if you're really good at math, by six doing two times three, two times four, two times five, then three times two, three times three, three times four, et cetera, et cetera. Writing, putting pen to paper will bring you, make you more present. Exercising, moving your body, putting an ice cube in your mouth. How you can help someone who is having a panic attack in your presence is to help them to get grounded by having them look you in the eyes, of course, speaking calmly and doing something physical to help ground them, bring them back into the present which might look like taking a pillow and throwing it back and forth, uh, playing catch, 
putting your hand on their arm, on their shoulder, asking them to go through their senses. What are five things that they see, five things they hear, five things they smell? And ultimately, encouraging them to go to psychotherapy, more so a deeper type of psychotherapy, because panic attacks are maybe 10% of the time biological and 90% of the time PTSD type of response from a traumatic event or experience. And that can be worked through and desensitized and most oftentimes eliminated. One of the best forms of treatment for PTSD responses that cause panic attacks is, of course, EMDR therapy, which is quite effective. In fact, statistically, three 90-minute sessions have a 90% success rate for either desensitizing or eliminating that triggered response. All right, we're going to take a quick break. For those of you who are interested in learning more about coaching with myself and my husband, Brett, I want to share with you an opportunity to work with myself and my husband, Brett. As you know, if you are a regular listener of The Shaleen Show or you follow me on social media, like family is central to everything that I do. It's how I have lived my life. It's how I've built my career, how we've kept our marriage together. That's been our central focus. It's one of the reasons why I created a journal that would help me to align my life in such a way that I could accomplish all the things that I wanted to do, things that made me feel purpose-driven, made us feel purpose-driven, allowed us to build our business, to do so in such a way that we were able to honor our family. And we've heard from so many of you that you struggle in that area. And that's why we are offering a coaching program that isn't for everybody. Brett and I have decided we want to work with those of you who are go-getters. This doesn't necessarily mean you're a business owner. It means that you have things you want to accomplish. You have goals that you want to master. You want to do something more, but at the same time, you struggle with how to balance that with family. So we're doing something called Push Goal Coaching. You can learn more about it by going to pushgoalcoaching, that's hard to say, dot com. I can't promise you, based on the time or when you're listening to this, that it will be available. We're going to do 30-day coaching sessions. It is a new adventure for us. We've been doing this privately for years, but it's something we realize there's a need for others, something we wanted to make very affordable because this is, we believe, our purpose. We believe we've really figured out a way to do it, and we want to help others by sharing our systems, by sharing how we were able and continue to this day honor our family and still master our goals, but do so with family in mind. So if that's you, if you are a family-oriented person and you're also interested in goal setting and goal mastery, if you're planning on starting a family and you want to know how to set yourself up for success now, this is for you. We've priced it affordably under $200 for 30 days of virtual coaching with myself and my husband. To learn more, please go to pushgoalcoaching.com. Dot com. All right, let's get back to our show, shall we? Dr. Daniel Amen, also a frequent guest of The Shaleen Show, suggests that when you feel a panic attack coming on, that the first thing you should do also is to focus on your breathing and to try to break your tunnel vision that's focused on your fear. In other words, as Dr. Michaela suggested, using anything else in your surroundings to take your attention away from that thing that feels so dangerous. He also suggests doing things that change your physical state, like warming your hands or running your hands under cold water, speaking out loud in complete sentences, as that will help you to prevent yourself from hyperventilating. And 
Initially, you may just speak in short bursts of words. I've noticed that when I've been with a friend who had a panic attack, but ultimately, you'll be able to slow your speaking and that will help you to gain control of your breathing and ultimately your emotions. Other experts suggest that if you know you're someone who regularly experiences anxiety attacks, you might practice breathing techniques. Diaphragmatic breathing techniques can completely lower your heart rate and help you to control your physical state. Now, what treatment are there if you notice that you regularly have anxiety attacks and you're worried about having a panic attack or or maybe you regularly have panic attacks or you've just had one in the past and now you're constantly thinking about it, worrying about it and wondering what it is you can do to prevent them? Well, of course, you could do a brain spect and find out if there is, in fact, something going on in your brain. I, of course, recommend the Amen Clinic for that. That is theamonclinic.com. As Dr. Michaela suggested, consider finding a really good therapist, even one who practices EMDR therapy, to get to the root cause, perhaps the traumatic experience or event that might be underlying. You might not even be thinking it's related to something in the past, but it might. And I always say, like, why not go talk to a therapist? It's the ultimate advantage. It's what the cool people are doing. I highly encourage you to do that. And if you have have met with a therapist before and you don't feel like it was successful, then you just didn't find the right therapist. It's They're humans. So you've got to find the right connection, the person who it clicks for you. Everything works. Don't give up just because you haven't found, you wouldn't like stop going to the dentist just because you, the first dentist you went to, you didn't click with them. You You know it's important. So find the right therapist. And for those of you who are maybe in a situation where financially you can't afford to do in-person therapy, there are therapists who will do Skype sessions and there are programs like BetterHelp, Doctors on Demand, and Talkspace, which all offer very affordable therapy via an app where they match you with a therapist. Love all three of those ideas. And again, remember, the quality of the experience you have is going to only be as good as how well-matched you are with the right therapist. Aside from that, what about medications? That's a common question. And I am certainly not against medications. I think that there are many SSRIs or drugs, medications, that are approved by the FDA to aid in the treatment of depression, anxiety, panic disorders like Prozac and Paxil, Zoloft, Valium, and, and other antidepressants. I will say, however, I encourage you to do whatever you can to treat it without medication first, because we do know that there are a lot of side effects of all of those drugs. Many of them can be addictive. They can change your personality. And ultimately, are you getting to the root of the problem? And that's what I want you to think about. Again, this is not a judgment. I do know that medications can save people's lives. And there are times when, frankly, you've got to do that because it's just become debilitating. I know people in my own personal life who their panic and their anxiety and their depression got so bad that that was the only option to get them to a place where they would even consider doing therapy because it was so dark and so scary. But ultimately, I think that should be your goal is to get to the root cause, to find out why you feel this anxiety, the panic, and why you're experiencing panic attacks. The brain is such a temperamental instrument. I mean, if you think about all the wires and neurology that is involved in that space, like your brain is insane. It's remarkable what it does for you every single day. And you have to remember that so many things affect your brain. 
such as caffeine, the amount of sleep you're getting or not getting, your nutrition, and the amount of stress that you're exposing yourself to. Learn how to relieve and balance your stress. You know, work on your flexibility, learn how to do deep breathing, consider doing meditation, doing a guided meditation, doing a walking meditation. For some people, you might even consider doing hypnosis, experimenting with biofeedback. Just want you to remember that there are options other than medications, other than drugs. I want you to know that you need to be in charge of your wellness and you were designed as a perfect human being. So we, we can get you back to that state. I know you can. Don't give up on yourself. You're so smart. And the more you research on this, you know, just type it into Google and, and you'll see a multitude of videos and blogs and health sites offering alternatives to medications to help you control that anxiety and depression. But ultimately, I personally believe one of the very best things you can do is get to the root cause. And for so many of us, that stems from a trauma, a tragedy an early experience that we just, we haven't processed through it. And the brain is so good at protecting us. And lastly, don't be embarrassed about any of this. It's normal. It's so normal. Some of my very best friends have experienced panic attacks. People I love very much have experienced panic, anxiety, and depression. It's nothing that you should try to handle yourself. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be embarrassed about it. It's so normal. Ladies, it's especially normal for you after pregnancy, after giving birth, you know, in that range of like our late teens to our mid 30s, that's where most people experience it for the first time. But it's normal. Like, think about how amazing our bodies and our brains are. It's no wonder that things aren't always going to go precisely exactly as planned. Know that you can take control, know that you have the ability to feel like yourself again. This will pass. Your success rate is 100%. You got this. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show with your friends. Thank you for subscribing. That's like huge. No matter what app you're listening to this on, like click that subscribe button. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. That's the only way you're going to make sure you don't miss some of these great episodes. I love you. I mean it. You are the bomb.com. And I'll talk to you soon. I do have to say, if you are not familiar with our Courageous Confidence Club, it has helped so many people to overcome general anxiety. I'm not suggesting by any means that it is a cure for panic attacks, but so much of our anxiety has to do with how we think about the world and how it views us. And learning how to build your own confidence is one of the best ways to reduce your own anxiety and stress. And building your confidence is very much like building any type of strength. You need to know what exercises to perform. You need to practice these things. You need a plan. You can't just say, I want to be a more confident person. You really do need to know what steps to take in order to build confidence. And that's why I created the Courageous Confidence Club. It's got a really cool community program. And it's a lot like this. If you like listening to podcasts, you'll love the Courageous Confidence Club because they are audio lessons everyone can benefit from them, whether it's, you know, a teen in high school or you're 72 years old and trying to build your confidence. Trust me, at any age, you can improve your confidence. And here's why that's important, because when you're a parent, you are going to raise more confident children. When you are a more confident individual, you are more attractive to your peers, your significant other. You're able to stand up for yourself and you don't allow fear and anxiety to rule you. And it will help you to overcome self-doubt and fear. 
fear of success or fear of failure, all of those things. To learn more, go to CourageousConfidenceClub.com. Again, that's CourageousConfidenceClub.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 